Hello and welcome to the Book of John, the podcast series. I'm Brianna Segrist, and we're traveling together through the Gospel of John so that we can see for ourselves who Jesus really is, so we can know him for our own selves. As you can probably tell, we've had a couple of weeks hiatus from this podcast, and I'd like to offer a little bit of an explanation. You know that throughout this podcast, I've not only been teaching what's the scriptures telling, but I've also shared some of my own personal spiritual journey and what's been going on in my own heart as we've been going through this. And to be quite honest, I've had kind of a an inner struggle regarding the ending of this book, especially the crucifixion and death of our Lord Jesus. I know that I've said very firmly and quite proudly that I believe every word in the Bible, that I believe that Jesus is the Son of God, slain from the foundations of the world. I believe that he came, that he came of a virgin and lived here on earth and had the power from God, basically the authority to do anything. But I find that the the question and the story of him dying for us and what that actually looks like in our life is it's not a simple question. It's not a simple story. Earlier this month, or not too long ago, I had a, a family in my life that um, lost their son, who was very young. And it's not even that close to me. It's acquaintances that we um, were neighbors of for a few years. But um, it's Christmas time. And I don't know if you feel like this, but I feel like the older I get, the more I realize how many people are, you know, that the pains and the hurts of life seem to be more pronounced at Christmas. And even in my own very sheltered and fairly privileged life, I find that it's really easy to feel discouraged and depressed and down and to not know really how to shake it off. And it seems like it's more pronounced around the holidays only because we're in such direct contrast to the beauty and joy and life that the holidays should have. And that being said, as I was reading this a month ago already, reading this passage and trying to do, you know, kind of form my own theological beliefs or at least take them out and examine them, one thing that kind of came to my mind is this idea of what does this actually mean for our lives? Because I know I've said before that it's not enough for me that Christianity is just the, that the message of Christianity seems to be when you die, you get to go to heaven. This seems like the universal message that you hear in vacation Bible school and Sunday school when you're a little kid. And it seems like the only message that Christianity has, Christianity has. And even when I began this series, I I think I've told you before that I believe that there is more to our inheritance. I believe there is more to our faith than just an, an assurance or a security about what happens after we die. But that being said, it is hard to reconcile sometimes or oftentimes the belief that we have that Jesus is the Messiah that he is the son of God who died and that all of these fantastic supernatural things happened surrounding Christ with the common everyday knowledge that we live 
in a world that is full of pain and violence and suffering and sorrow that honestly is not right. I know I've talked before about death on this podcast and how it seems to me that death is the real enemy, that life is what the Lord intended and death is really what we all fear and what we all really want an answer to. And the traditional Christian answer is, well, the answer to death is that Jesus conquered death and on the other side we get to go to heaven. But when you face death in your immediate life, whether a loved one, somebody close to you, or whether you are facing your own death nearby, I feel that my biggest struggle has been, is this answer enough? Is it enough to just say, death appears to be winning, death appears to be strong, But I believe that on the other side of death, there is something. Is this enough? As we go into this story of the crucifixion, I I have that question ringing in my mind. But also kind of the knowledge that, you know, in the New Testament, the disciples and the apostles, they, they did some crazy things. I mean, we know that Jesus raised the dead, but... So did other people, you know, Paul raised the dead. And even in the, in one of the epistles, there's kind of a throwaway reference to women having their dead back. I, I think that's, yes, Hebrews chapter 11, it looks like. And it's just kind of this idea that Jesus did these things and then he sent his disciples and apostles and they did miraculous things. He had the power over life and death, and so did they. And one of the biggest questions of my heart all the time is, do we also have that power? Because I'm going to be quite honest, I have not seen it much. I haven't seen it in the church that I've been in my 36 years on this earth. I haven't seen it in my own self. I have a few testimonies of kind of miraculous happenings but when push comes to shove I don't feel like I see it and I I think this is one of the big um, kind of the big questions in my own heart what does this thing this faith in Christ actually mean when life is painful when things are hard When death seems strong, what does the word of God mean? What is the Lord's will for us in this world where death and sorrow and violence still exist and still pervade our communities and our lives? They still wound us. This is the great question, isn't it? Because what is the point of our faith if it is not powerful in the times when we need it the most? And I know we're drawing to the end of this book, the book of John, and we've gladly gone through so many chapters now, 18 chapters, 
happily looking at Jesus Christ and who the Bible claims he is. And we've, um, you know, we can draw assurances for ourselves and um, walk according to the truth that we read. But when when the going gets really tr- tough, what do these words actually mean? What does this actually do for us? As we read today, that is my big question. And that's, you know, that's really my heart's cry that the Holy Spirit will make that clear to us that he will work through, <laughs> work through the scriptures and open our eyes through the spirit to understand and to, yeah, to believe the truth and to know the truth. So let's read today in John chapter 19. I'm reading out of the ESV. And the heading, you know, this is, remember what has happened at the end of um, John chapter 18 is that Jesus was arrested and taken to Pilate. Pilate questioned him some and then sent him to Herod. Herod questioned him a little and sent him back to Pilate. So Pilate, Jesus has just come back to Pilate at the end of John chapter 18. Um, it is, he, oh, Pilate goes out and asks the Jews, do you want me to release him? I don't know if there's anything wrong. And they say, no, we don't want him. We want Barabbas. So now Jesus has come back inside and let's pick up in verse one and see what happens. John chapter 19, verse one. Then Pilate took Jesus and flogged him. And the soldiers twisted together a crown of thorns and put it on his head and arrayed him in a purple robe. They came up to him saying, Hail, King of the Jews, and struck him with their hands. Pilate went out again and said to them, See, I am bringing him out to you, that you may know that I find no guilt in him. So Jesus came out wearing the crown of thorns and purple robe. Pilate said to them, Behold the man. When the chief priests and the officers saw him, they cried out, Crucify him! Crucify him! Pilate said to them, Take him yourselves and crucify him. I find no guilt in him. The Jews answered him, We have a law, and according to that law he ought to die, because he has made himself the Son of God. When Pilate heard this statement, he was even more afraid. He entered his headquarters again and said to Jesus, Where are you from? But Jesus gave him no answer. So Pilate said to him, You will not speak to me? Do you not know that I have the authority to release you and authority to crucify you? Jesus answered him, You would have no authority over me at all unless it had been given to you from above. Therefore, he who delivered me over to you has the greater sin. Jesus is suffering here. Flogging. Flogging is something we do not see in our modern society. It is, the way I understand it, it is whipping within an inch of your life. Whipping you enough times that you are as absolutely injured as you can get without dying 
the soldiers twist together a crown of thorns and they put it on his head and put a purple a royal robe on him they're mocking the fact that he was supposed to have been a king and he is instead on trial as a prisoner But, you know, it's interesting that while they're making this crown that's supposed to um, make fun of him, they are almost prophetically showing something. You know that the original curse, when Adam and Eve first sinned and they brought the curse... The curse was that Adam would work and the ground would bear thorns. But now Jesus is wearing the crown of thorns. He's taking the curse on himself. They came up and they struck him with their hands. Jesus is completely suffering. You know, I've heard some teaching that says Jesus took all of our suffering that day. Therefore, we will never have to suffer. He bore it all. And therefore, he... You know, I I heard somebody recently say something like, he took the curse on himself and we can live now as though we lived in Eden and I I don't know that this is true because if this is true then we should be able to somehow overcome every sickness and illness and injury that comes our way And honestly, there are people that teach that we do, that we could, that if we have any sickness or injury or illness, that we should be able to speak to it and heal it with the power of God if we're Christians, if we're children of God. But that has not been my experience. The truth be told, I have a pretty bad cold at the moment, as you can probably tell from my voice. And... I don't know that I can just speak to this and have it walk away, have it disappear. I have other injuries in my body and things that aren't quite right that I've prayed over and spoken to and rebuked and they're still painful, still incorrect. I don't know what this looks like. I'm living it out the best I can. My desire is to believe every word in this Bible and to walk fully in what the Lord has for me. But in practice, it feels really sometimes discouraging. I know that about two months ago I had a toothache and I went to the dentist 
and he said I needed to have a couple of my wisdom teeth pulled and I was really kind of dreading it. I went home that day and was praying and writing in my Bible and saying, Lord, could you just heal my teeth? (laughs) Could you just fix this so that it's not a problem anymore? And at the time, I was also very aware that inside of me, I'm afraid of the dentist and I often avoid going like many people do, but probably more so. I mean, I know I'm more afraid of the dentist than some other people that I know. Um, and I was thinking about sometimes, you know, the idea that when you go through something hard, you learn from it, you know, and also that sometimes you face things that are physically hard and your spirit and your soul grow, you know? And so I was thinking about that and saying, Lord, I'm willing actually to face this and, and for you not to heal me if you would like me to overcome my fear of the dentist and, or even if I don't overcome it, if I'm able to be brave enough to go and do it. And so as I prepared for the upcoming dentist appointment, I was really just trying to be at peace and give it to the Lord and trust him and say, Father, I don't want to be afraid of anything. I don't want to let my life be ruled by fear. And um, the day got closer (laughs) and my whole body was just full of dread. My whole, you know, I was having complete trouble sleeping and stomach aches and it was just getting worse and worse. And the morning, that morning I got up and a friend of mine and I drove to the dentist and I was trying to just be calm, but the whole time I was getting... I just really just, my stomach was really just, uh, knotted up, you know, and I just felt like I couldn't really eat anything. I was just really overcome with fear and dread. And when I got to the dentist and he started working, um, it was pretty, it was pretty uncomfortable and, um, it didn't actually go very well for, I don't know, just different reasons. And honestly, I just kind of broke down in the dentist chair and was crying and felt really foolish. And I was really, you know, having this conversation with the Lord and my spirit the whole time and saying, Lord, I don't want to be afraid. I logically tell myself many people have had dental work done. It's not that big of a deal. I've had worse pain, painful experiences with other body parts that have been painful And it really shouldn't be that big of a deal. And so I should be able to just take a few deep breaths and lean on you, Lord, and have everything I need. And yet, as I was having that conversation in my heart with the Lord, my body and my mind were still completely freaking out to the point where, to be quite honest, I almost passed out. (laughs) And the dentist was a little not thrilled and he <laughs> took my heart heart read and got me orange juice and uh, it was really frustrating to me. And um, I came home afterwards and actually I had I have to have other work done. 
at an oral surgeon and I was not thrilled. And when I was driving home, I just honestly felt so uh, ashamed, really, is how I felt. Because I just kept thinking, you know, I want to be the Lord's. I want to be fully the Lord's. I want to follow the Lord. I believe that he is the only hope of the world. When I look around at this earth and look at the suffering and the just the wickedness that bogs people down, the only hope I see is Christ and the message of the gospel. But if I cannot somehow find a way to overcome the painful things in my own life with these, with, with the gospel, with what Christ gives me, then what right do I have to try to spread the, spread this anywhere? What right do I have to teach something that doesn't work for me? And honestly, I was thinking these thoughts and it really messed with me for quite a long time. Um, really for just a few weeks. And I'm not saying that I actually, I'm not saying I completely, uh, you know, stopped living a Christian life. I'm still, you know, <laughs> I'm still doing everything I have committed that I've, I would do. I'm still homeschooling my children. I still, um, you know, teach at church and things. I'm still just plugging along, but in my heart, I was breaking down and really having this huge crisis saying, what is this faith? What is Christianity? If it is not relevant, if it is not powerful in the hurtful parts of our life, you know, if you know, I mean, there, there's several different things here. There's the, there's the thought that we should have it, that maybe Christianity, like if, if you're a true Christian, truly following after the Lord, it means that we'll have the power of God to overcome, actually change the circumstances in our, you know, to heal the sick and to raise the dead and to give sight to the blind and things like that. That's one, that's one way that you might say you, that Christianity would be a, I mean, that's, that's one option. Is that what Christianity is? Or is Christianity, um, a deep abiding peace that no matter what the situation that you do not have the authority or the ability to change, you have the inner peace to somehow endure it, to get through it and be glorifying to the Lord, even through trials. And honestly, I've been a little bit disgusted with that idea because, only because, there are lots of people who endure terrible things without Christ. They endure and with grace. And so, to me, somehow, the idea that you say that Christianity is just about surviving and thriving throughout, you know, you have no authority to actually make a difference. You just can manage to get through horrible things with some grace and dignity. If that 
if that is all that Christianity is, I have been honestly kind of not happy with that answer because I'm going to be completely honest here. For years, I have thought that that answer is kind of a cop out. That answer is kind of that answer right there is why I feel like so many people who are atheists are able to point at Christians and laugh because they say Christianity and faith are nothing but some prayers that you say to make yourself feel better. You might as well be praying to a plant. It's not going to change anything. It's just making you feel a little bit more peaceful in the midst of your troubles. And that to me feels really, that does not seem like what I read. When I read the gospels here, that doesn't seem like what Jesus is preaching. I don't see him going around saying, you know, hey, I'm not here to help you, but I'm just here to tell you to, you know, keep on going, keep your chin up. I don't see Jesus say, saying that. I see Jesus actually inter- intervening on the on behalf of people. And yet, the third option, <laughs> the third option, which is the most scary and painful option to me, which is that not only does my faith in Christ give me no authority over the situation, but it also does not even seem to be enough to allow me to be <laughs> changed in the situation. I still am as fragile and as, um, I don't know the word, but maybe as unable to deal with a situation as if I did not have Christ. In which case, then suddenly, all of these deep fears rise up in me. All of these huge, deep questions come up, like, what is this? If I believe in this, and it, it's not effective to me in my troubles, then what am I believing? What, what am I, what am I, what am I doing? What am I, what am I teaching? All of these questions came rolling over me. I'm questioning every single thing that I have believed about the Lord. And, you know, I kind of come back sometimes to the, I know I've said this before, but, you know, there's one point where Jesus is teaching, I think it's when he's teaching about how he's the bread of life, and you have to eat his body and drink his blood, and it says a lot of people left him at that point, and the disciples say, this is hard, this is a hard teaching, and Jesus says, do you also want to go? And Peter says to him, where else can we go? I've thought about that many times in my life. When I have been disappointed with the Lord and how he has worked or not worked in a circumstance. But when, I, when I'm wrestling with the idea that 
God is God. And I'm afraid, I'm, I'm, I'm scared that my belief in him and my knowledge of these things don't seem to produce, they don't seem to have an effect on the hard things in my life. My, my response sometimes is to just feel really discouraged and to give up. But other times, really, my, my answer is just kind of where, what else am I going to do? Where else can I go? I absolutely 100% believe that this God, Yah, created the heavens and the earth. He absolutely is seated on a throne in heaven. He absolutely did set the galaxies into motion. And if I believe that, then when hard things come into my life, when I'm faced with pain and things that, you know, are hard and I don't want to have to deal with, I can, you know, I can pretend there is no God. I can live as if there is no God. I can um, choose to believe that there is no God. But whether I choose to believe that there is or I, I choose to believe that there isn't, either way, I have to, you know, I have to continue to deal with this hard thing. So, <laughs> which is, is funny because it, um, you know, it, <laughs> it's exactly what my sister said to me when I was talking about this to her. Either way, there are troubles in life. And so it's really kind of our choice. Do we... Do we want to, do we want to live like we believe that Jesus is real or not? Um, and so once, once you make that decision, once you say, well, where else can I go? I can either just walk away from all of the gospel, all of the faith and deal with all of this on my own alone, or I can continue to try to press into you, Lord, and figure out what's going on here. And so that, to me, the answer is very clear that there is a God and therefore I have to, it's what I know, I have to press into him. Um, and so, you know, as I read this passage that Jesus, Pilate says to him, you know, ask him questions and Jesus doesn't answer and Pilate says, why don't you talk to me? Don't you know I have authority to do this? And Jesus answers, you have no authority over me at all unless it had been given from you from above. I see Jesus going into suffering fully aware that the Lord God Almighty had the authority to say that Jesus could escape. When Jesus was in the garden and praying and saying, Father, if it's possible, take this cup from me. He walked into this circumstance fully aware that the Lord had not taken 
taken it away from him. The Lord had um, allowed him to do this. And I guess that when it comes to us in our suffering, I think one of the biggest issues is, are we going to the Lord? Do we know what the Lord's will is in our circumstance? Because I think if we go into trouble, having spent time on our knees before the Lord and said, you know, poured out our hearts and said, Lord, um, if it's possible, <laughs> I don't want to go through this. Then when the Lord answers us and tells us that, you know, it is his desire for us to face this, then <clears throat> I think that just like Christ we can walk into troublesome situations with the knowledge that the Lord God has ordained it, that the authority over us and the situation is under his authority. I don't know <laughs> in my own circumstance what that looks like. I don't know whether that means that sometimes when we're facing trouble and we pursue the Lord and press into him, he doesn't say to us, actually, I am going to save you from this. You don't have to be afraid of it. I need to press into the Lord myself about this more. Because, as I've said before, it is not worth it to me to have a faith that is powerless. It's not worth it to me to have a faith that has no impact on my world and on my my inner spirit. If these things that I'm reading in the word can't have an effect then to me they're not they're not worthwhile but i believe that they do have an effect i believe that they can have an effect and so to me really the answer is that i have to keep pressing into the lord i have to ask the lord for i guess the word is revelation that i have to have understanding that the eyes of my heart are enlightened. Okay, I've been kind of walking through you through some of the things going on in my own heart. But I think it's, you know, I, I, I don't feel like I have these huge conclusions today or any main point that I want to hammer home or any really divine revelation. I just, I want I wanted to open up a little bit about the things going on in my own spirit and my own process of thoughts over these scriptures and over these issues because I believe that by um, I believe that by sharing our journeys we have a lot of you know we can have insight for each other um, my sister-in-law was here. Uh, about a week and a half ago, I was talking to her 
about a lot of these things and she's one of my oldest friends and has you know known me through a lot of years and as I was talking to her about these things I actually said a few things out loud that I didn't even know I was feeling I didn't even realize I was struggling with and even as they came out of my mouth I was kind of shocked by my own thoughts and worries and she was really good to me um, reminded me of a couple of things and to be quite honest at the end of our conversation I didn't I did feel a little encouraged a little bit you know like oh like I was sharing the load to be quite honest I didn't necessarily feel like oh I have all the answers now but I did feel like I'm not alone in this and it made me realize that since I've thought about since I've oh, since she left I have thought about that a few times and realized that the thing about our faith and discovering the Lord and who he is and I think the reason why we have community is because so many of these things are common to all of us so many of these doubts and struggles and worries and discouragement and lies that we hear and believe are very normal and common and they're things that we have to work through for ourselves but in community and in being vulnerable and um, talking them through with other people we will very often it lightens the load you know it it kind of picks you up and just gives you a little boost so that you can keep going and I guess that's why I'm sharing so much of this with you today not that I have no desire to put a burden on you or worry you but if somehow in sharing the things that I am working through in my own heart you can find kind of you know a commonality in some way that you can understand yourself and your own journey and your own struggle through it I I hope that that would do you some good and I also really honestly I really do in a way have hope and faith because even through all of these struggles and discouragement I feel like oh well you know it's been two and a half weeks since I made the last podcast all through that time I was feeling so weighed down by a lot of these issues so that I didn't even feel like I could honestly make a podcast I didn't feel like I could honestly discuss faith in a in a life-filled way and just now as I'm making this I feel like in in my spirit that I don't feel like I have all the answers. I don't feel like I have figured everything out. Like I, as if I'm, you know, somehow a revelation that changes everything. But I do have a spark of hope that I am going to get to the other side of this. 
that all the answers for everything in our life is on is in Christ and that by continuing in seeking the Lord and asking him to make things clear to me and help me to understand I I get, have a glimpse of a future where not only are these questions and struggles behind me but I actually have come to ap- actually grips with them that the question the deep questions of life about death and suffering and fear and pain and all of these the big things in life actually I have real tangible answers and real tangible um, faith that actually affects those things in my life. And isn't that the most exciting thing of all? I mean, I mean, the idea that there is a future, like I'm looking forward, I'm looking forward and seeing that I believe the Lord is going to teach me this and I am going to be at a place where I'm not confused or bewildered but I am firmly um I'm firmly on the other side of these big questions and that is the most exciting thing of all I mean that's what we really want out of our faith is for the Lord to really be effective in these hard places in our life And I guess what I'm saying today is that even if I'm not there yet, even if I don't fully comprehend and understand it, I guess I do feel a spark of hope. I do feel just the encouragement that it is in seeking the Lord. It is in pressing into him that I will, I believe, I know I will come to that place. And honestly, I feel like the only thing to do is to just keep going in the word, to keep reading in John or wherever you are reading in the word and pressing in and saying, Lord, it might take a while. I might feel overwhelmed, and but I'm not giving up. Where else can I go? You alone have the words of life, Lord. You have all the answers. You reveal all the mysteries. In you is life. That that is really the most exciting thing of all, isn't it? Come back next time. I'm really, I really am excited for what the Lord is revealing and doing through his word. And I just want to keep going. So come on back next time. (laughs) Bless you.